When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast that asks the instigays, sure, you're content creators, but are you content creators? <laughs> Why did that sound so like Carrie Bradshaw? Um, I asked myself <laughs> yeah. alone in my bed in a very cute nighty. <laughs> I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. We're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today, today, we're going to talk about Singapore. Because of you, the voter at home, yeah. uh, uh, we're going to talk about Singapore. Singapore and other slings you may have heard of. Um, Sling? Yeah. Slingapore? Yeah. <laughs> Hot. I hope there's a gay nightclub called Slingapore. <laughs> mm. Let's do it. Let's do it. But first. But first. Uh, feedback and corrections. So yeah. we've got a, a couple of these. Did you want to go first? Oh, first. sure. I can. Um, we... Uh, <laughs> We got a review that said, Oh no. <laughs> always wanted to ask, it would be great if you would say hi to me or your German fans in one of the next intros. Would love that so much. CHR period, I guess that's their name. CHR. And so to that I say, no. Um, Nein. Um, <laughs> we. Ich will sprechen Deutsch nicht. Yep. Um, we also, a couple recent reviews, we got one that said terrible and it was, gave us four stars. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's my That's favorite. A little mixed messaging there. <laughs> um, and there's another one that was one star that said, you are stupid. You are stupid. Stop talking. You are stupid. So <laughs> this is just an announcement that we are 25 reviews away from a thousand. So we would love it if you would both review us and maybe help counteract the stupid, stupid, you're stupid uh, yeah. review. Uh, give us give us a review. I might read uh, your review. Huh. I didn't know you were back to reading reviews. You didn't for a long time. I didn't for a long time. Boy, it's a dangerous game I play with myself <laughs> where I check in on reviews. <laughs> um well okay also we got this uh this email from john hello longtime listener and fan of the show i'm writing an essay about podcast credibility in a world of fake news controversy <laughs> oh god where do you get your news sources are they checked as a listener how do we know this isn't another fox news source to rally the troops Ew. thank you john to which i respond john don't question my process Great. Now the news. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, so, so most of the news that I pick up comes from a handful of sources. Those are uh, Pink News, which is a outfit out of the UK that is doing their own journalism. Then I also look at uh, The Advocate, which is a, a gay publication here in the United States that is a reputable source for especially legal stuff going on. Um, that's their their background is in advocating for gay rights, hence the name. Uh, I also look at Huffington Post, which has a queer voices section that if you haven't checked out, you should. Uh, there was They changed it from um, gay voices to queer voices oh. uh, not too many years ago. And um, the, the, anyway, it, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good collection of other people's stuff, which is how HuffPo rolls. And then I will occasionally see stories that pop up in like local newspapers for things. Like if, if something gay ever makes national news, then I will try to go to whatever the local newspaper mm. is there that's reputable to get to get the information. So hopefully that, that clears it up. I, I, I would uh, just personally for your own kind of news and information, I would highly suggest them.us. I think that's a very queer trans 
femme, non-binary, like very uh, in line with what I believe, and that makes it very left. But I think that's a great news source. Yeah. Okay. But um, but back to you. You no, were still saying no, stuff. No, I wasn't. I'm oh, done. Oh, but, I mean, I think the other part of this is like we are also not a news podcast. We are not reporters reporting on the news. We are two people talking about the news. So yeah. yeah. Uh, also not doctors also like, we're, <laughs> we're not a lot of things if you really break it down uh, to how my dad sees me um but but uh, so we our goal is not to provide you with the facts we would be the like you know rachel maddow like opinion section that where we're gonna give our own comments and commentary and and that's uh, hopefully we don't set up or try to establish that we are you know, only here to report factual information like an NPR. Yep, exactly right. And now the news. Oh, or you didn't have any more. Well, we, weren't we going to talk about the 30, 300th? Oh, you want to do that now? Oh, oh, we can do that. Well, how about this? Uh, we have our 300th episode coming up. Yeah. It's very exciting. That's, so fucking crazy. That's so many episodes. If your yep. grandpa was 300, he wouldn't be. Right. Um, so <laughs> so uh, at the, near the end, we'll tell you more about some of the cool contests and shit coming up then. It, it was. It seems like just yesterday I was taping together 200 cups of Nutella onto a piece <laughs> of poster board for our 200th episode. Um, I am not doing anything that grandiose okay. this time, Kyle, so don't. Perfect. Don't expect it. You know. Or did I just say that because <gasps> there's something that's going to happen? Anyway. The double back. Right, yeah. Okay. And now the news. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News. 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 Okay, news the first. Last week in Atlanta, where they have an iconic rainbow crosswalk like a lot of other jurisdictions, uh, somebody vandalized it again. According to the Atlanta Police Department, they spray painted a swastika <gasps> on the intersection at 10th and Piedmont. And um, the LGBTQ liaison unit was notified by Zone 5 police units regarding the hate speech. So they are removing the vandalism with a pressure washer and investigators are working on details surrounding the incident. Quote, Atlanta police immediately notified the mayor's office of the matter. Then ATL dot scrambled a crew in the rain to remove the disgusting act of vandalism from our street. Uh, this is uh, Atlanta Police Department Press Secretary Michael Smith. We thank the women and men of ATL dot and APD for erasing the hate that has no place in our city in such a swift and efficient manner. Police are still investigating. <laughs> Fucking swastikas. Like... I don't know. It's hard to tell, first of all, if there's more of this kind of thing happening because we're like it's being reported on mm. or if it's just always been like this. But I keep seeing more and more Nazi symbolism in in uh, against our community. Yeah. And like, now that we're no longer we as a country are no longer like committed to being anti-Nazi. That's like now apparently up for discussion whether like, wait, but were they good or not? Like yeah. the right has not confirmed that they are against Nazis. So right. like so I, I agree. I think I've seen more neo-Nazi shit. Yeah. But, but like a full on swastika on the on the rainbow crosswalk. I part of me was like, what's your end game there? Like wh what? Like I, I just I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, what what did you expect to happen other than it's just going to be removed and you're pathetic? But then also I realize that, like, it's it's also clearly a sign of intimidation, right? Yeah. That, like, you're not you're not welcome here. We hate you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the left and the right, like, both parties are the same. Sure. One wants rainbows and the other wants n 
swastikas, mm-hmm. but they're both the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and before anybody like writes in to Ooh. like correct Kyle and say that the Nazis were socialist and socialists are left, you don't know your history. Shut the fuck up. You're stupid. Oh, thanks, Mike. Great. Love it. Yep. Uh, news the section. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> just great. preemptively on this this segment too. Shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going to say that regardless of what the news is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. News the second. So. I'm going to paint a picture for you, Kyle. Okay, I'm ready. In Wilton Manors, Florida, which you may recall I've talked about before on the show, is like yeah. the gayest place in okay. like Florida for sure, if not the whole United States, in terms of like their entire city government is all queer people. Oh. I- anyway, anyway, uh, the police were called to the Corner Pub on Tuesday evening. And Sorry, I'm, did you say the Corner Pub? The Corner Pub. The Corner Pub. It's okay. next to the Corner Pub. Great. I, yes. Yeah. It's very... <laughs> It's very dark in the corner, Bub. Well, which, uh, if if all had gone according to plan, they might have ooh, needed a coroner. Um, uh, they were called to the corner pub on Tuesday evening after an unidentified man entered the popular gay bar, called over the bartender, whose name is Joseph Shakespeare, placed no, a grenade... No, Sorry, no, it's not. Okay. Placed a grenade on the counter... Oh, fuck. ...and said, I have guns in my car. <sighs> okay. Yep. So then... Um, a regular patron at that gay bar who is a gay former Marine, uh, disarmed the man and ultimately sort of saved the day. Um, so the bartender said, quote, it kind of freaked me out a little bit, (laughs) (laughs) but I was thinking just stay calm because we have a lot of people in here. This is our community. So I want to keep everybody safe. So former active duty Marine Daryl Darling stepped in. I don't know if it's Daryl or Darrell. But regardless, he's darling. Yeah, yeah, he's darling, uh, Mister Darling, yeah, Sergeant Darling. Um, I don't know what his rank was, uh, but uh, he overheard what the man was saying. Immediately realized the severity of the situation. Uh, quote: He was agitated at someone in the bar. He was looking to pick a fight. He had shown me a grenade immediately as I walked up. It looked real. Which, if a marine thinks it looks yeah, real, yeah, yeah. probably real. But then instead of trying to physically disarm him then he struck up a conversation to distract him instead and that worked while shakespeare was able to call the police and help the other customers leave the bar the bar was completely empty and then darling convinced the man to leave the bar with him so they could hang out so there's video of the moment that they walk outside onto the sidewalk and the marine immediately like puts this guy on the ground and held him there until the police came seconds later it turns out uh, Wilton Manor's police later issued a statement saying that the grenade was actually inert and the man, quote, was intoxicated and in need of mental health services. Mm. He was distraught by the recent deaths of close friends. Uh, he was taken to a facility for treatment while the investigation continues. Hmm. What would you do? I I, I would go <laughs> run out like a fucking asshole. Like I would be no use in that situation. I would like at first, like I take so long to process things. I would like probably laugh at first. Cause I'm like, Oh, clearly this grenade wielding person is joking. Like, I don't understand the joke though. Like it would, t- I would, I would be horrible in like <laughs> situations that require instant intelligent action. <laughs> what would you do? Um, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I think I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had the, I think, genius response of don't do anything violent yet, give everybody else a chance to get the fuck out mm. and then do it and then escalate. Because 
I, I think that's that's brilliant and required very quick thinking that I would not have had. I think yeah. I, I probably would have though if I were if I were near, if I were within proximity, would like have grabbed him or um I don't know. I like to think that I would have I, I it's interesting the the to- that having some of the options like the option of talking to someone and just getting to know them like that's something I might be I don't think I would tackle someone I don't think I have those kinds of like courageous things bones in my body but like to talk to someone and distract them in a time of intense like that's something I might actually be able to do yeah yeah you just hear you're like hey buddy Hi. <laughs> you, you got a grade <laughs> Oh, is it? Is it that Bruno Mars song? Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, terrifying too. Yeah, people are fucking crazy, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, news the third. Yeah. So, uh, one of my very, very favorite shows ever in the entire world, uh, top three anyway. Sex Education is coming mm. back in season four, and on this season, Dan Levy of Shit's Creek is going to be a major character in this so also a show that i very much love and appreciate so i i'm super stoked yeah uh, netflix announced on friday that the emmy winning actor who w- will be playing thomas malloy in his first live action tv role since Shit's creek uh, he's a famous author who's going to tutor Maeve as part of her study abroad scheme at an Ivy League college in the u.s spoiler alert Maeve gets on a plane and leaves for america at the end of season three you have you need to just watch it it's great um love this when the spoiler comes after the thing has been discussed yeah great <laughs> deal with it anyway uh dan levy who's you know one of those just out and proud members of the community who is very unapologetic about his sexuality i'm super excited to see what he brings to this yeah, show yeah that's exciting yeah are you did you did you kiss and make up with netflix yet not yet okay i think that they're overall like what's going on with them financially they're doing poor enough that i would feel okay about getting netflix back now okay um but we'll see okay all right all right um news the last you can't make this shit up (laughs) we did not know this was going to happen four hours ago as of this taping singapore is going to decriminalize gay sex uh, Singapore announced Sunday today it will decriminalize sex between men by repealing a colonial era law, which we're going to talk about in the episode, but uh, will still protect the city state's, quote, traditional norms and definition of marriage. Yeah. Prime Minister Lee Sin Lung said, uh, quote, I believe it is the right thing to do now, and most Singaporeans will accept it. Private sexual behavior Go ahead between. And cross that quote. Off oh, sorry. For my... No, no, this is what's going to happen. Uh, private sexual behavior between consenting adults does not raise any law and order issue. There is no justification to prosecute people for it, nor to make it a crime. This will bring the law into line with current social mores, and I hope provide some relief to gay Singaporeans. But uh, they they will still define marriage as between one man and one woman. They will not be adding any sort of education to um, uh, you know, what children are taught in schools about gay people. And uh, their rather uh, oppressive rules about not showing gay people in a positive light on public media like television will also remain in place. But strictly speaking, butt sex between dudes is illegal in Singapore, at least, you know, it, by the books, by the books, uh, even though it apparently is not well uh, enforced. And I'm going to Singapore in November mm. and was super nervous about it. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, and now it's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, that that's huge. And yeah, very very weird. When I was like, 
I was reading about, you know, Singapore and the rights and what the current state is. It was like on on August, whatever it is, day 21st, it mm-hmm. was now, it was like, wait, hold on. That day sounds familiar because I'm inside of it right now. It's like, it was very weird to be reading like, yeah. Yeah. Um, very timely. Yeah, very timely. Well, I feel like we like the past several episodes have been randomly timely. Like we've picked things and then news stories have happened after we've picked them that makes us seem better, like better planners than we really are. I agree. I absolutely. Kyle, cut that. Don't let them know that we're not as. That it's just coincidence. Parting the kimono. You love I it. Don't know why you keep saying that phrase. That's the news. That's the news. Speaking of people whose kimono we would love to part, I would like yeah. to thank the Patreon members, uh, Mike Timmons. That's oh. cute. Thank you for that easy name. Or it's it? probably like Timons or something. Timons? Like, Timons, like, and, uh, Timons and Pumbaa? For, yeah, from um, Lion King. <laughs> um, also, thank you to Pup Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Hey, Pup. Woof, woof. I guess. Oh. You sure? They love that, right? Good boy. <laughs> um, Sit. Oh. <laughs> um, Chris Sandsburn. Well. No burn. I mean, if they're hot enough, they do. And Blade Loving. That's not your name. You can never convince me of that, <laughs> no matter what you do. Blade Loving. Blade Loving. Um, Blade with a Y. Yeah. Thank you to all our Patreon members. If you want to get episodes a day early, ad-free, get lots of bonus content, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Do it. So, this episode... This episode brought to you by, well, us, but by way of... Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, once a month, we put out a poll, and we let our Gap Bridgers vote on what the topic is going to be based on a, a handful of topics that we slate. And... Uh, so I've been traveling. You're probably tired of hearing about it because I sure am. I've been traveling so, 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 so much for work. But I get September and October or sorry, I get August and September mostly to not have to travel, at least not for work, which is great. But thought then I would, you know, as a forcing function, put a couple places that I am going to for work later in the year. And then and you picked Afghanistan. <laughs> so. Yeah, boy, maybe y'all. I think y'all voted the right way, which is no one voted for Afghanistan. Maybe you don't want to hear us to talk about Afghanistan. But um, yeah, Mike's topics were the the winner. So yes, the today we're talking about Singapore. Fifty three percent of you that are the Gap Bridgers voted on this as the topic, so you win. Um, for our tiebreaker poll, that is anyone who's five dollars and up who um that that helps in case there's a tie, which there are few enough people in that that there sometimes are. But uh, Singapore and India tied in the tiebreaker. So for our bonus episode this month, we will be talking about India, and yeah. the two are connected yeah. in ways that will that will come up. So it's probably fitting that we did that and man back to back to you trouncing me yeah. uh, d- distinctly and i rode you hard you decimated worldwide my ideas <laughs> um, busted your ass worldwide open okay 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 <laughs> great um so i'll talk to you about the current state of rights in singapore yeah well first i wanted to ask you oh sorry did you know anything about Singapore before, like, doing this episode? No. The only thing I knew about Singapore before this episode, I think, was that boy who got caned, who was an American. Uh, I was, like, I think it was in junior high or high school. But he, like, he was an American dude who, like, spit gum out or wrote chalk on the sidewalk. I forget what the fuck he did. But, like, they're hardcore about shit. And, like, he was convicted and sentenced to a public caning 
And between that and the caning, America flipped the fuck out of like, what do you mean you're going to publicly beat an American citizen? Hmm. Um, that very much that like that was my idea of Singapore. Hmm. Um, do you know that that for sure happened? Like, did you oh. actually? Well. <laughs> I'm just saying like things that we vaguely remember and hear about countries could like very much either be misconstrued by memory and like that's not necessarily what we want to put out there as like who they are. Uh, Michael P. Fay was his name and he was an American who was sentenced to six strokes of the cane in Singapore in 1994. Hmm. It was for it wasn't for just gum. It was for theft of road signs and vandalizing eighteen cars over a ten day period in September of nineteen ninety three. It caused a temporary strain in relations between Singapore and the United States. Uh, he pled guilty, but later claimed that he was advised that such a plea would preclude caning and that his confession was false. He never vandalized oh. any cars, and that the only crime he committed was stealing road signs. Um, his Cane strokes was reduced from six to four after the United States requested leniency. Jesus. He was caned on the 5th wow. of May, 1994. That's such a... Wow, that's wild. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's all I knew about, about, about it. And uh, I want to know if he's hot. <laughs> the ultimate question. He's barely older than me. He was born in 1975. Huh. And so I... I, I in, in 94, I was I was in high school. That's mm. So it stuck out to me, I guess, because like close enough in age and he being a minor, I'm pretty sure mm. I really identified with him. I was yeah. like, you know. And the last name is Faye. Faye. You yeah. were Faye. Faye Faye. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to talk about the current rights. Do that it. It has nothing to do with caning. And because it's Singapore, to celebrate Singapore, I'm going to do it all by song. Oh. In 2022. No, I, that's a lie. I'm going to talk a poor about it. Um, so. The, <laughs> I'm a little bit hungover and very tired. And I did not see that pun coming. It, I do really well with the hungover and tired audience. If you don't like this podcast, drink last night. Yeah. And I do really. You'll love it way better. Okay. Talk a poor. <laughs> I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> that was, that was yeah. enough. Okay. So uh, the uh, LGBT rights that uh, uh, it's interesting. Every country kind of has its thing. What is the thing, the the legal thing that is the shitty thing against LGBT people that we are fighting against in, sure. um, in, in uh, Singapore, it is section 377A of the penal code. That is says that same sex sexual activity between men is illegal. Um, even if it's consensual, even though, even if it's in private, uh, this law is not enforced. Okay. Um, so it's, that's also one of those, like who knows what people can use in the future. Like that's not good enough for any country and often an excuse that is used for leaving shit on the books and not doing anything about it. Right. Exactly. I mean, I, I think, I think regardless of context, the, but it's not really enforced. That does not make me feel safer. No. Right. Like, and like, even let's pretend that that's true and never is enforced. Th that sitting there reminds people that, being gay is bad it, it it's both being gay is bad and the only thing about us is sex that's the thing that's criminalized you criminalize gay people by criminalizing sex so gay means sex and yeah. it's and it's bad like those those things that message you can't get away from if it's still sitting there yeah so as you mentioned it was that's not the case anymore as of 
today as of recording um, one thing i don't know about singapore law though is how quickly it changes right mm. like just because you say it's going away that doesn't mean yeah. that it's the law of the land now yeah. there, there's probably some kind of rollout process or i yeah. i don't know and when, whenever we see these regardless of the country it's also like it is scheduled to be removed by 2027 or something yeah, yeah, because yeah. they need to you know like cross out a word and change the word to another thing on a document and that takes i don't yeah. know whatever so yeah. yeah we don't know the actual timing also you mentioned a lot of things that are still in the constitution they are putting it the word that was used when i was reading about it is enshrined in the constitution oh. is the legal definition of as man marriages between a man and a woman this is to help uh, this is to part of this compromise of with the religious side to make sure that man and woman is still the the focus that yep. like they they very much said like that is the focus that is the fam that is what a family is that's what it's built on so they're still really pushing hard that you know marriage is a man and woman that's the the familial unit yep so yep. and you mentioned a bunch of other things that i'll tell you more about other things that are um shitty for lgbt people and and, and difficult but in a 2022 ipsos survey they found that 44 percent of singapore residents support retaining 377a so basically 44 percent are homophobic yeah um yeah which uh, it's always that is under 50%. So that Re retaining is different than enforcing, right? They're like, don't change it, but that doesn't speak to whether they want it enforced, unless that's something you're going to talk about. It yeah. is not. Okay. That is Go. the only Go ahead. number I have. Okay, yeah. great. Um, you love it when I ask questions about your numbers. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah. It, that, no, no, no. That, that's a good point, and you're correct. Great. That doesn't tell us. Say that more. <laughs> Do you think I want to encourage this behavior? <laughs> um, I wish you would ask. Somebody's asked me questions about stuff I have written down, and yeah. I like that better. So oh. just do better at predicting. Sure. Predict me. Predictive text me better. Okay. I'm going to wear a big red hat with a yellow feather on it and call myself Karnak and uh, uh, hold an envelope to my head, and it'll be, it'll be whatever's in your notes. Okay. Yeah, you're not old enough for that. Okay, go ahead. Cool. Yeah, I didn't have that on my paper anywhere. Um, okay, <laughs> so it, it's always, I say this every time, it says only 44% support retaining this homophobic policy. That, uh, great, a majority mm -hmm. then are the opposite, so that's cool. But, like, I, that's, I don't, I. it's always reported in this way that I'm like, fucking more than four out of ten people want, uh, are homophobic. Yeah. Like, that doesn't, I don't. If you're close to 50-50, I don't feel great about that. Yeah, yeah. But that's within something happening and the, the numbers swinging back the other way. I just... I, that's... Well, and unless you have the numbers there, it could also be that only 33% want it to be removed and then like 30% are like... Don't give a shit. Don't know or undecided. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm just never as optimistic as like when these kinds of numbers are, are reported. When it comes to gay shit, I'd say that is justified. Yeah. Historically <laughs> That's true. accurate. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there has been efforts. The fact that this is being repealed, um, there have been efforts. There are parties that I, I was. It's interesting looking at other countries, and I I think that what we have gone through in the U.S. Uh, I'm. I only mention the U.S. because that's my only perspective that I can like compare to what, you know, the thing that is whoever's in charge, the, you know, the, the, the things they say, the ruling party says the things that they do in the actual, their actual actions. Like we judge so much based on that. But, you know, when I think about the U.S., that meant Donald Trump, that meant Republicans, yeah. that meant a bunch. If that's all you looked at, 
it would be very easy to write off like all the complexities within the country. So we're obviously not going to get them all perfect, but um, I at least want to mention there are uh, groups that have been pushing to uh, remove Section 377 in 2007. The Singapore Democratic Party called for its repeal. Their head- <laughs> Singaporean Democrats can't get anything done either, apparently. Oh, Samesies, girl! <laughs> we got you! Um, in uh, September 2018, India repealed their Section 377, which maybe we'll talk more about on the Patreon bonus episode called India. But... That helped uh, inspire people to start a petition to remove the the Singaporean version. There were uh, three lawsuits from then to uh, 2020, um, but they were all all dismissed in 2020 in a closed door judgment by Justice C. Kiyun. Um And one of them was like, uh, uh, Singaporean DJ, this person filed a, <laughs> a lawsuit. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's a, a popular gay DJ that has also apparently did some legal shit. Oh, like, couldn't he have been a hairdresser or like, <laughs> like a drag queen? That yeah. would have been even better. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so, DJs, that's gay, Jason. That's pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Depends on where you DJ, I think. Yeah. Um, so there have been people pushing for this for some time, um, and you know it's finally come to fruition. But other current laws, this gets into some of the elements that you mentioned are, are staying in, in, in place. Section 354 of the Penal Code uh, talks about um, outrage of modesty is how it was referred. So this is sure. one of those things in public, if something causes or has the potential to cause outrage, it, it's, it's, it's remind me actually a lot of Russia, like of you know kind of vague if this potentially could harm or you know do something in public like that's i don't know there's there's seems to be a lot of open for interpretation that allows them to enforce like if you do something gay kind of i i just can't i every time i hear penile code (laughs) and like penis code and it's because i'm a toddler kyle (laughs) yep yep go ahead oh that was okay i thought you had something funny no okay no. do we want to like reflect on maybe coming up with a joke there or you just wanted to point it out yeah. okay so we'll edit one in later great okay um <laughs> <laughs> section 294 this is uh a commission of a an obscene act in public that is an annoyance of others uh can be penalized this is um they talked about there could be like police sometimes use entrapment to like signal someone to like have sex or or encourage sexual activity and then they like get charged with uh this section uh 294 there is section 19 prohibiting solicitation and sex work and then uh, just some of the other rights kind of state of rights so adoption in general children that are born outside of wedlock which mm like we just said constitutionally it will be a man and woman children born outside of wedlock are not eligible for they're considered illegitimate not eligible for social benefits unless the child is adopted which unfortunately is not super possible in december 2018 there was a rare case where a gay singaporean won the right to adopt a child he had fathered in the u.s through a surrogate but so that that was one case that it happened but that is that is very rare and in january 2019 
the then in response to that happening, the then minister for social and family development said he wanted to strengthen Singaporeans adoption laws to prevent same sex adoption cases. Sure. So, um, yeah, adoption continues to be uh, a challenge for same sex couples. Um, Discrimination protection. There are no laws preventing discrimination in housing or in the workplace. Uh, There is a, law or the the maintenance of religious harmony act was amended in 2019 that include that added in the protection of the lgbt community from religiously motivated violence so while there is no broader like discrimination protection at least from religiously motivated violence there's protection in this maintenance of religious harmony act that's interesting it's very Cause, interesting because all bigots scream i love jesus right i love before. jesus and then they they <laughs> fuck you up like yeah um and that's like that's such a yeah, yeah. Uh, um how do you prove that right how do you prove that yeah it included uh, a quote from this the target group may be may be made up of atheists individuals from a specific racial community who share a similar sexual orientation or have certain nationality or descent like foreign workers or new citizens so it mm. covered Many the amen, amendment to this covered many people, including people, uh, gay people, did not see anything about gender in that yeah. uh, description. So, um, speaking of gender, it's interesting. Singapore recognizes uh, trans people in gender confirmation surgeries, so yeah. it's been legal since 1973. So they have a long history of like, but it, it was unclear to me whether that was accidental. You know, a lot of like because we ban like butt sex it's often gay men that are banned and people kind of forget lesbians exist yep. and that's you know there are different challenges that come with each group it, with the trans people it was unclear to me whether that was legal just by accident or people forget that trans people exist or if it, it, it did sound like um someone uh a someone who had like set up and is an activist had set up a home for trans people said quote very often we are invisible yet visible at the same time Mm. there's no data on how many trans people even exist in singapore so that that seemed to be the call for the first step to just understand like without even understanding what's like let's get some kind of starting point to to build from there so that's the kind of invisible but there's certain they have they have rights that i would not expect given the context of all this other lgbt shittiness so like yeah. it's it's an interesting state uh for the military they are subject to category 302 a medical code that classifies people who are i will quote their what they said quote homosexual transvestites pedophiles etc or yeah yeah that those all belong those all same. belong together in the same yeah. list yeah you fucking dickbags um just you know in case anyone needs this reminder um unless someone uses this name for themselves don't use the word transvestite you're probably looking for the word transgender there are people who do identify as such but that uh, only do that unless you really clearly hear them call themselves that yeah anyway it, some of this is based on old outdated like the dsm manuals that put you know gay trans as disorders that has since been updated but that is still being used as a basis for um, some of this discrimination so you can be gay but it limits your ability to get some kinds of like certain ranks like you can't move up or certain security clearances so you are very much limited in the military yep yep um conversion therapy the government has supported it as recently as 2006 um there was in 2020 the minister of health made a statement that like in the description was like they are against it because of this statement and the statement like to me came across kind of vague so maybe there's more stuff elsewhere that i didn't find but like the statement was like 
we recommend that all doctors practice things that are in line with the recommendations of whatever, whatever. Like it, it was not like we firmly stand against conversion sure. therapy. It was like followed best practices for treatment of. So uh, it sounded like they are generally against it, but don't want to like put their foot too like far down. Yeah. On the. On yeah. 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 I, it, it's it's interesting because we'll talk a little bit about this, but, but Singapore is so, so crazy diverse when it comes to religion. There's probably like it's probably difficult to navigate this and not piss off somebody real, real bad. And well, we've already seen like <clears throat> multiple cases where they're trying to appease both LGBT rights and religious groups like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, we'll get to the last thing I've, I found a quote in queerintheworld.com that I thought was important and fitting. It said for LGBT people, quote, there is always a sense of a hammer waiting to fall. Ooh. Ooh. And while this announcement of, um, you know, the repeal of Section 377, um, while that's useful, I don't think that. I, I would doubt, given everything else that is included and not being repealed and, and still, like, I doubt that it's a step in the right direction, but I doubt that changes this sense of, like, it's just, yeah, it must be just so ominous and so, like, all of this stuff hanging over your head and it's, like, either, you know, partially enforced or not enforced or they tentatively support it or, like, yeah God, that being in that vague state that that i don't know that that must do a, a big mind fuck on your mental health well and the 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 whole the, the whole thing of like not well enforced or not enforced doesn't make you feel good no like absolutely just, not absolutely not because like tomorrow they you might yeah right? like, yeah yeah like, who knows what kind of like oh technically like we can do this like you know so many places can use what's on the book against you and you got to remove that shit so they can't do that yeah oh god it's jesus well that's the current state how did we get there mike how, how did we get there i'm going to talk to you a little bit about the history Singapore. I oh god, gonna sit back and enjoy my Singapore history lesson. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So the takeaway is <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Are you okay? Oh, yeah, okay. I just burped. Okay. So that's fine. Do you feel relieved? No, I have to pee. Okay, <laughs> can I do that? Yeah. Then I will. Then I will. Okay, then great. Will be yes. Okay. I mean, do you want me to start talking while you're gone? Yeah, 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 I, no, <laughs> well, while Kyle's peeing, uh, <laughs> Singaporean history. Oh, man. I'll wait. And uh, and and that's that's how that's how Singapore got so anti-gay. Oh, thank fucking god! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I want to hear this. Okay, so Singapore history, like I was really, I was very, very surprised by just how gay Singapore history is, and um, you can really bust it up into like three big chunks of time. It's it's before the white people fucked everything up, and then from w white people up to Japan. And then post Japan, like those are the three big the big eras, okay. right? So before the British showed up in 1819, there are no like written records of same sex love um, in the, in the pre colonial period. But anthropologists like Michael Pellets uh, talks about the fact that between the 15th and 18th centuries, 
all of Southeast Asia, including Singapore, uh, was characterized by gender fluidity, egalitarianism, considerable female autonomy, like women could own property and, and vote. And, and like the, it, they were there were a lot more what we would call progressive about gender and sexuality issues. And um, there's all over this part of the world in, in their like history, there's traditions of cross-dressing, other forms of gender transgressive behavior. And um, they have a whole bunch of like rituals and poems and 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 stuff that talks about sexuality and same-sex sexuality Mm. so god i love this i love this shit when something is just like super gay and queer and like gender fucked and like it just is a reminder like you god if you think this is new you don't you've never looked at any other culture any other time period yep even in the u.s we can look back like take us back a hundred years and things are much different. Like look at other cultures, look at other people. Like you, you know, goddamn jack shit. And you're forming your opinion based on your little tiny measly brain that thinks you can look around for two seconds and know things like you're just fucking idiot asshole and you need to die. Yeah. Kyle just took over the mic. Rant. Sorry. It was amazing. You can... <laughs> anyway, I love, I love hearing about, okay, I'm, I'm excited. So there's the, there's a, a poem called the Hikayat Panji Semerang, uh, which it translates as the tale of Prince Semerang. Uh, it was written in the 14th century and it tells of the adventures of a sexually fluid hero, Panji Semerang. Um, it is a, 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 it's a beloved poem and it talks about this person who, um uh if i if i remember right i i closed the tab if i remember right uh is like a milan kind of a thing huh. like like gender bends in order to like get into military service and then um ends up like i i don't know it's it's a it's a it's a sexually fluid hero is how how it's described um there's also in 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 the the region uh the serat senthini which is, uh, it was written in 1814, and it's like the Singapore version of the Kama Sutra, hmm. which if you, if you don't know what the Kama Sutra is, it's a sex manual um, that it comes from India. We will definitely talk about it in the India episode, Ooh. but uh, it's a stylized sex manual. But the Singapore version has detailed descriptions of sodomy, fellatio, m- mutual masturbation, uh, transvesticism, which is, I know that's a problematic word, but I'm just reading what the thing says here. Um, but, uh, it, and it, it shows that homosexuality was un- unproblematic because it's like, just it's in the manual it's in yeah. the, it's in the sex book yeah. Like, yeah. like go ahead and do all the things here's how yeah here's a nice picture for you <laughs> um and it sounds like not just uh, not just unproblematic it sounds like encouraged mm-hmm. could even like if it's in a in the manual of how to do sex good like yeah not just that it wasn't bad it sounds like it was okay and supported yep and 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 like a lot of cultures we've talked about this before there they did have this requirement that you mate and have children Mm. so a a lot of these alternative sexualities and gender identities were tolerated and supported and maybe even encouraged Mm. but as long as that included a but also get your shit together and get married and have kids Mm. that that's um an inescapable duty that you have yeah um another funny word is duty duty because we're children duty i didn't have a joke about it but i don't think we i guess we didn't need that to just just point out funny words yeah maybe we could do like someday we'll do a supercut of all the jokes we didn't make (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, that's just that'll just be our show. Right. <laughs> that'll just be playing our show and be like, look, there were so many opportunities for jokes. Um, speaking of, of what we were just talking about, jo- um, duty jokes. Yeah, no the 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 gay shit happening you know tolerated way uh quote there was tolerance towards men who indulged in surreptitious homosexual activity as evidenced by the absence of any vocal or physical violence against such people so Mm. like there's no history there of like we rounded all the faggots up and caned them or you know whatever just that is absent from history and so this uh this author is is making the argument that that shows you that it was tolerated Mm. um at the very least tolerated if not yeah they they would write down something about like yeah this fag was all faggy and we defagged him through our defagulator yep and and there are no um examples of uh people banding together to form a movement because they weren't being overtly oppressed to need to do Mm. that that, okay, it, this part does seem like it is new these days is the there I, it seems like when we look at history, a lot of it is e- either tolerated or um, just it might be just everyone kind of knows it happens and just doesn't do anything about it. And maybe there's no collective group or identity like they don't have all these different identities just kind of something that was part of it. the active push for encouraging supporting like making it very publicly known and supported that is that more a modern invention i yeah or is it just in there are other cultures and again like now i'm doing the thing there are other cultures where you know various gender identities are actively like held in high regard like yeah. the one that i know that i'm not considering fafanin is a like there are there are cultures that support gender identities that are outside of the the binary and and so i don't know I, that but enough times that we've or at least i've heard of you know it was just kind of tolerated or underground or we didn't do anything about it and now it's actively being pushed you know named and pushed for and supported more publicly yeah so it's it's interesting i'm i'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit but uh in this in this region of the world that 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 is is singapore um uh there is the bisu tradition which is just one of the one of the one of the peoples in the area um in, in indonesia but in, anyway they uh they when the white people came to that part of the world to colonize that was one thing that they really were like freaked out about is the fact that in the bisu tradition the, those people um had a a fifth gender Oh um, and, fuck yeah! And uh, uh, so they, at least ba- as far back as the 13th century, the Bisu people had um, uh, male men Oroane, female women Makunrai, male women Kalabai, and female men Kalalai, and uh, then they had a a, a fifth gender um, that was. Uh, as 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 non-binary people, the fifth gender was non-binary people. This 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 white dude who's an asshole uh, <laughs> wrote, "Quote: Your lordship will know that the priests of these kings are generally called bisus. They grow no hair on their beards, dress in a womanly fashion, and grow their hair long and braided. They imitate women's speech because they adopt all of the female gestures and inclinations. They marry and are received according to the custom of the land with other common men, and they live indoors, uniting carnally in their secret places with the men whom they have for husbands. So this." this fifth non-binary gender like get married hang out it's fine i mean my fave live indoors god that's my dream you know just always (laughs) exist indoors i get it outside 
the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, the, uh, and this is something when people are like, there are two genders or two sexes or whatever dumb shit people say. It's like, you don't understand that we as humans categorize shit based on just looking at it and as best we can and other people have looked at it and categorized them in different ways like yeah. th- th- just because we as a society or white people clearly are try to enforce this kind of idea there yeah it's it's not just inherent in nature it's just how we've decided to categorize shit ourselves like, yeah yeah absolutely yeah we love our boxes mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're stupid mm-hmm. um there was a the dutch did a bunch of colonizing and uh, the physician julius jacobs uh observed these dance performances by young boys dressed up like women this is going to be really problematic but i kind of like the joke that he makes um, anyway he says quote one knows that they are boys and it is sickening to see men from all strata of society proffering their kepangs which that's coins to have the chance to dance with these children sometimes in the queerest postures one is still more revolted to discover that these children, sometimes after exercising for hours in a perpendicular position, are compelled, utterly exhausted though they may be, to carry out horizontal maneuvers with the highest bidders after being fondled by this man and kissed by that. So he's like, like you, you make them, you, you make them dance, and then you make them lay on their back. Oh God! <laughs> like horizontal and sorry, uh, perpendicular position and horizontal maneuvers. I, I yeah. that's. I think that's an interesting way to a euphemistic way to put it. But um yeah, so so when white people showed up to the to the region they were they were mortified and they brought with them uh all of their sort of Victorian ideas about sex and the shamefulness of it and and particularly their anti sodomy views. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately though, like I feel like that has a combination of gender sexual orientation but and also like kids like that's there's a weird like we just complained about that being the concept in the that the military thing that i read that had those things listed and but here we actually do see a combination of all those things so like that kind of it's it's hard to i don't know yeah it's hard to like look back at something and decide what was acceptable and I don't know. It's also it's also my understanding that like although although he said children several times and that was to emphasize it and make it seem so super hor- horrific. It was more akin to the Greek system of pe- pederastic relationship, right? Okay. Like like they were probably teenagers, which I understand that that's problematic, but like we considered people to be a, a, adult and and able to consent way earlier age yeah. back in time. Yeah. Um, and also like, yeah, this is very much through the lens of this person who clearly wanted to demonize. So right. like, yeah, that, that we sh- I guess I should not take that as an accurate description of what actually was happening. Yep. Um, there are also the same part of the world in, in, in Papua New Guinea. They had ritualized homosexuality. This practice required young men to perform oral sex on elder males as part of their rite of passage into manhood. They believed that semen was the source of life and the essence of masculinity important for boys to become real men. God, I miss these traditions. You saw, saw that there was, I, a while ago, you introduced me to this concept of like whoever lost in battle had to like yeah. fucking blow the winners. And I was like, God, I miss, I wish we had these customs. Yeah. Oh, I lost. Right. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's, it, I can go on and on and on. There are all of these, these cultures that contributed to what is now Singaporean society 
and 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 Singapore just had this queer thing after queer thing after queer thing. At least one monarch pre-colonialism um, was openly homosexual. Captain oh. Alexander Hamilton, who was an English sailor. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton? I know. I is... heard it when I said it. Okay. But, uh, n- not of Hamilton fame. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda has nothing to do with this one. <laughs> um, but he was an English sailor who visited oh. in 1695, and he wrote about the behavior of Sultan Mahmud Shah II. And he said, quote, The king was a youth of 20 years of age and being viciously inclined was so corrupted by adulation and flagitious company <laughs> that he became intolerable. He was a great sodomite. And had taken many of his orang kaya, or noble's sons, by force into his palace for that abominable service. A Moorish merchant who was a freighter on board my ship had a handsome boy to his son, whom the king saw one day and would needs have him for a catamite. He threatened the father that if he did not send him with goodwill, he would have him by force. The poor man had taken a house close by our ship and immediately came with his son on board, imploring my protection, which I promised him. He continued his insupportable tyranny and brutality for a year or two after I was gone, and his mother, to try if he could be broke off that unnatural custom of converse with males, persuaded a beautiful young woman to visit him when he was in bed, which she did, and allured him with her embraces, but he was so far from being pleased with her conversation (laughs) that he called back his black guard and made them break both her arms for offering to embrace his royal person. Uh, she cried and said it was by his mother's orders that she came, but that was no excuse. But anyway. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we did the, for the last one, like, reminding, like, you reminded me, like, you know, it's coming from that person's perspective, which yeah. is, like, the idea of, oh, no, they, like, he took this this person by force. Like, that's an argument, like, when people see two gay couples, like, clearly the bottom is being forced by right. the top, like, or or maybe the opposite. The more femme one is forcing the other one into, so, uh, like, remembering that, no, I don't like any relationships that are by force, but also, what did this person actually see and assume when right. describing it? And right. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you don't know... You don't know what was true. You also don't know what was going on for the people involved yeah. necessarily. Like there, there, it might have been, oh no, don't force me, Daddy. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Um, okay, so so the British take over Singapore in 1819, and they bring with them their colonial bullshit. So they uh, they the Straits Settlement um, settlements, Offensive. which, which well, you know, that's just what it's called. Uh, Today we would call it the cis hats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Singapore uh, was part of of that reorganization and and colonialization, and the British authorities just copy pasted the Indian Penal Code, and oh, that's uh, why it's the same number. Which is why it's the same number. 377. So, yep, exactly right. So um, it, it came into effect in Singapore, Penang, and Malacca on September 16th, 1872. And the penal code included section 377, as do all of those other places, or, or in various stages of getting rid of it. Yeah. But uh, that criminalized, uh, quote, carnal intercourse against the order of nature. And uh, the courts later determined that, at least in Singapore, that meant any penetrative sex which did not have the potential of procreation. Mm. So it, at least initially, included not only homosexual sex, but also oral and anal sex between heterosexual couples. And that, I mean, sorry, old ladies. <laughs> like, that's like... No sex. No sex. Too, too old for that. You can't make a baby out of that. Yep. No. That sucks. Right. Yep. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta take it in the in the vagina only. 
Right, but, but for having babies, while you are active, not active, while you are possible, well, it's possible for you to have periods. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna run on a platform of old ladies get fucked. Like that's my that's what I want. That's I mean that's catchy. I yeah. Think that, I think that would that's good marketing. <laughs> <laughs> go, go go for it. Yeah. So the the, the white people fucked it all up. Is yeah. really is really. It's interesting. Like you talking about like uh, you know colonialization. There's obviously there's more complexities and and the the beliefs and whatever they brought over. But like you just said, like they directly copied this thing. Yeah. Put it like they, I I don't know. I don't see anything like it's so directly. Here's precisely the thing they did that made that. Like it's so weird how 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 easily you can trace it directly to them and doing that that thing. Yep, absolutely. It's wild. That's 100% what happened. So before the British came to rule, the 1826 population figures said that the ratio of men to women was 17 to 1 among the Chinese part of the population. Um, there were also Malaysians, and they were more evenly distributed, but it was it was still uh, slightly more male than, than female in the Malaysian population. But basically, it was like 15 to 1 dudes to chicks in, mm. in, in the, 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 early, the early times. So by the time the British took over it, and, and colonized it, there were a lot of sex workers, and a lot of those sex workers were... were, were boys and and men and the british had to decide sort of whether to look away or not the Mm. idea was like we have a too many dudes problem Mm. and they're gonna they're 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 gonna fuck so do we do we let them do that or not Mm. and and uh, there was different times of like rounding them up and 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 getting rid of them or prosecuting them um but there were also some periods of time there where they were more or less just allowed to operate as as sex workers. Hmm. The Hainan boys, uh, which uh, that's a that's a Chinese, um, it's an island at the southernmost part of China called Hainan, and apparently they were the ones that were most sought after. Um, they were supposed to have quote fair skins and pleasant faces, which are highly valued in the Chinese concept of beauty. And apparently in Hainan culture, uh, the men stay at home to do the cooking while the women work in the fields. <laughs> so these these became like live-in, doing all kinds of help. <laughs> um, the records do not mention if these boys cross-dressed. They, they may have worked as transgender sex workers or they might have been outwardly presenting male or both. <laughs> but this makes it really difficult to differentiate the history of sex workers in Singapore <laughs> and and uh, so it gets it gets kind of kind of messy. Why the focus on the sex worker portion of that? Well, the whole, the whole thing is that before colonial rule, there was a more or less permissive attitude towards homosexuality, and that included sex work. Like, hey, Chinese dudes living in Singapore, if you need to get your rocks off, there are no ladies here. Go ahead and bang mm. these dudes, <clears throat> and it's ex- culturally accepted, more or less legal. Then the British come and no, we can't have that. But then also, can we kind of let it? Mm. Can we kind of let it happen? Right? But you okay? So you then you you like okay, gay bad. But you still have this overabundance of men. So like, men make laws based on what's best for them. So allowing some dudes to still have an avenue for sex is like more yeah. important than like yeah. all other things. But but then just okay. like ju- just like talking about enforcing it, things. It was not well enforced, right. right? It was it was illegal to be to be a sex worker, especially a, a gay sex worker. But they it was not well enforced mm-hmm. because of these 
cultural attitudes mm. that they had to sort of figure out while balancing a huge ratio of men to women, uh, quote unquote, problem. Mm. Yeah. I do you know why there's that huge imbalance in men to women? Um, do I know? I just had to ask you one question you don't know the answer to to get back at you. Yeah, I appreciate that. No, no problem. Um, but the, it's worse. Like I, because I have like physical papers, I w- will not. The answer will not generate itself on my pages. But with you, then it's like quiet time while you scroll through things, and that's not fun for anyone. So <laughs> you should just say no and move on. Because, or I guess I could cut all this, and then you could pretend like you had the answer right, right there. They were brought in as workers. Okay. Yeah, the British were importing large numbers of workers and. There were more 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 men than women in that breakdown. Yeah, and then and then shit's fucked up that way until the the Japanese take over, and I'll I'll talk about that l- later. I don't know. Okay, or we can talk about it now. I I've been talking for a while. <laughs> Do you want to say some things? Um, maybe I'll talk about some data. Okay, let's talk about some data. Um, so I have an idea. Okay, let's talk about the history from Japan oh. forward as our Patreon. Okay. So to, to wrap up the history part, I'll just fast forward through the fact that uh, the, when, the, when the Japanese took over Singapore uh, in World War II, uh, then they, uh, it, was, it was more or less okay to be gay again, sort of. Like, the, Singapore fell to the Japanese Imperial Army in February of 1942, and they immediately just, like, got rid of the British legal system and established their own, and gay sex was not illegal under Japanese law. So mm. all of a sudden, Singapore became this, like, Go ahead and bang. It's fine. That's an oversimplification because they still did have uh, laws in place, including Section 377, that that prevented it. But there was zero enforcement of it during this period of time. And um, that explains the it's in the books, but not enforced is the like, well, British put it in there and then Japanese. They were like, but we don't care. Right. Exactly. Hmm. What they did care about was all of the sex work that I was talking about. They cracked down on that. They had this thing uh, called the 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 Suk Ching, which means, quote, a purge through cleansing. (laughs) And they had a Kakyoshukusei, which is the purging of the Chinese. So that, that part's real, real bad. But at least you could have the butt sex during that time. I mean, yeah. But then, so then when 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 the Japanese lost the the war in in 1945, uh, the British legal system was reinstated, and 377 came back, oh. and it's been uh, I- illegal ever since. And mm. you talked about like the, the the current state, but yeah, yeah, there was there was like. Despite all the horrible shit that was going on that Japan was behind during World War II, the the sodomites loved being <laughs> under Japanese rule. And and there was a period of about three years there where, like, everybody was doing the butt sex. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure because of the laws, people never had butt right, sex. Right. And then yeah. they just started. <laughs> Finally, butts were open left and right. Yeah. And and we can talk some more about that in the in the Patreon segment. Um, I'm going to talk about Gata. Gata. There are some heavy mental health issues discussed here, so if you would like to skip ahead, skip ahead maybe 10 minutes or so, and then you don't have to hear that, because it'll be a lot. But the study that I'm going to read you is called Experienced Homophobia and Suicide Among Young Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, and Queer Men in Singapore, Exploring the Mediating Role of depressive Depression, Severity, Self-Esteem, and Outness in the Pink Carpet Y Cohort Study. And this is by... Whew, 
Raynar Cajun Tan, Timothy Kin Ying Lo, Daniel Lee, Alvin Tan, Adrian Tyler, Calvin Tan, Kornos Sumita Benergeri, um, Alex R. Cook, and me, Leanne Wong. Sorry to everyone, just everyone across the land. Um, uh, this was published in 2021. Okay. So before this study, um, th- this study itself says that there's nothing that ex- explored the mental health among LGBT people in Singapore. Uh, so that this is the kind of shit that's like, whoever did this study, or like, I told you who did this study, like, that's good shit. Like, <laughs> to, to start to research the mental health of LGBT people, that's huge and monumental and very needed in any group to understand the, what are the challenges and why does it fucking suck that some of these laws, like, you know, we talk about the law being there, even if it's not enforced as bad, and it shows up in, some of these numbers as well as other places, but like the mental health you're if you, if there's a law that you know of that is on the books that says it's bad, that's one of the many ways, you know, that being gay is bad. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, uh, for this sample, it was uh, 570 young, uh, GBTQ. Cause it's just men. Um, so sorry, else, um, <laughs> uh, ages 18 to 25 who were HIV negative or unsure of their HIV status. Okay. Uh, if I had to guess, presumably, the, 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 if you were HIV positive, that has a distinct and separate effect on your mental health. So I, I don't, maybe that's worthy of a separate study. Or I, that's best I could guess. But that, these that, are, that seems reasonable. That's probably it. So this is young HIV negative or unsure other status uh, men. People who are sad because they're gay, not because they have HIV. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And it is it's kind of um, of this. Uh, group 59 percent had considered suicide mm. that's a that's, that's yeah and 14 percent had attempted suicide mm, damn they saw that experienced homophobia so the 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 people that the, the homophobia they experienced and the severity of their depression were positively associated with uh history of suicidal ideation so you know of course you're the severity of your depression is going to play into this, but also the homophobia they've experienced uh, associated with suicidal ideation and for like association with the history of suicide attempts. They found a positive association between again, depressive depression, severity and outness. Mm. Mm. So mm. interesting that it, it sucks and it makes sense that if you are out in a place that is, not supportive of you or not completely supportive or still has homophobia, you know, 44%, only 44% of people are homophobic. So sweet. Yeah. If you're out, you may experience even more challenges as a result of that. Boy, it sure makes it gets better. Sound dumb. Right. I, like in the, at least in that country. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've, I've heard even, you know, since it gets better there, like there've been critiques of it. I, I think, Part of the thing is sometimes that's the best option and it sucks and it doesn't change how it feels now, but sometimes it gets better. Like you just have to get through this terrible time Mm. and find another option. Like sometimes, unfortunately, that is the best that you can do. And uh, it sucks that, you know, you have to rely on just what is the the least bad option to, and sometimes it is get through this and people have gotten through what these young people are experiencing in Singapore and um, in Singapore, people have gotten through that and, and can continue to get through that. And so 
if if that's if that's what you have to hold on to 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 get through like fucking do it because you can and it sucks and you will and it still sucks like yeah, yeah. um and i just looked up because you know just that seemed to be in the ballpark of what we've seen in the u.s i just looked up at least for the trevor project 45 percent of lgbtq youth seriously considered attempting suicide so the different they're looking at different groups different genders or different countries all that shit but like it is still in that same so what i saw was it is in line with um where numbers are you know we have very generally about you know similar numbers of mental health is a major issue yeah so that i don't know yeah that sucks glad we have that data glad we know that information and hopefully they'll continue making progress for the lives and safety and health of queer people in singapore yeah yeah gosh it it seems like maybe maybe things are shifting right it like this this overturning that law seems yeah. hopeful and the stuff that led up to it there are there are lawsuits even though they were, like stuff was struck down there are lawsuits there there are parties that are pushing for it so um yeah hopefully it keeps going yeah okay but i did may i do want to talk about this on the main episode then because we've talked about like hard difficult yeah. shitty things i want to talk about something fun and positive great fun and positive this is the section where we're fun and positive not hiv but just happiness okay <laughs> that'll be fun to cut later okay pink dot pink dot it is the did you come across this when you're researching yes okay what is it mike pink dot is uh the closest thing that they have to pride really but it's it's a it's a, a demonstration of queer solidarity by getting everybody together and having them wear pink and make a giant dot Yes, yes. And it seemed, I mean, like, you know, it, it seemed very, there There are, um, it's an annual thing. There seem to be, like, performances and demonstrations and protests. And there are ambassadors, you know, popular, famous uh, LGBT people that are ambas- ambassadors that, you know, can represent this. But seems very um, akin to Pride. Again, just relating it to what we can kind of hold on to and, mm-hmm, and grab. Mm-hmm. But it's their, their own uh, event thing that they put together starting in 2009 um it is pink because the colors when you mi- are, are the colors when you mix red and white which is the colors of their flag which that's cute yeah um it is i a- also heard something about like uh uh it it, it challenges um masculine stereotypes oh because pink is a feminine color and that's so much of it is based on patriarchy yeah that, yeah that, that's a uh, fuck you to that yeah anyway, love that yeah. it takes place on a saturday during the months of may june or july great so just you know ask your local gay yeah. when it is check your local listings yeah. <laughs> um uh the they have a mascot called pinky oh, <laughs> no. i haven't looked up the mascot but i it's uh, of pinky in the brain fame maybe oh my god i don't know are you I, looking I it need, up i need this okay yeah thing. i should have i yeah <laughs> adorable adorable <laughs> it's, it's like very a very literal like it is a pink dot that it has a smiley face on it. It's super cute. Yeah. I want it to be my mascot. And, and little little T Rex arms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like um Mike from Monsters Inc. If it was just like a little pink bubble. Yeah, yeah. That's cute. Okay. Um, and this is big enough that places around the world started modeling their LGBT event after Pink Dot. So if you see like Pink Dot SG, that's Pink Dot Singapore because there were other events. So I just looked at, there's this big timeline of... But they're the OG, right? They're the, yes. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. But yeah, yeah. So that's awesome that they what they did was big enough that other places started modeling a, an event after them and, and grew bigger and bigger. So that's really cool. Um, I just there are some notable things that I just personally looked at in the timeline of events. So I'll just call out some cool things that have happened since it started. Uh, started in 2009. It was Singapore's first public open air pro LGBT event. At the time, it had the record for greatest turnout for a gathering at the Speaker's Corner in Hung Lim Park um, since the venue uh, was open. Mm. And it was, so this is a major milestone in Singapore's LGBT community. So this is a defining event in LGBT rights for um, Singapore. This so, is super awesome. Hu- yeah, huge. Um, in 2011, Google started sponsoring it. Um, wow. International Pink Dots were held on the same day. And here are just some of the places they were held in Anchorage, Alaska. Great. I've heard of that. Yeah, good good work. Yeah, Sarah Palin loved it. Um, I can see Russia from my house. We can see Singapore from our house. Uh, also celebrated in, I'll just say Taiwan, in a city in Taiwan mm-hmm. um, and in London. So <laughs> it that started growing from, from there. Uh, 2013, uh, there was a record turnout of 21,000 people. That is, couch this in, the organizers claimed that number. If As long as that number is... I would tend to believe them. Under, I could guess other places would underreport or try to like. Sure. So, you know, I would believe that. If, as long as that's true, that is the largest civil society gathering in the country. In two, 2015, that it got increased focus from both pro and anti-LGBT groups. Sure. So that, that makes sense that it grows to a size where then you start to get both lots that's useful for promotion publicity. And then also you attract more of the, the haters. Yep. Uh, in 2019, it was one, a, one star. <laughs> one star, terrible. No, four stars, terrible. One star, you're stupid and stop talking, stupid. Um, God, did you just equate us to the monumental pink dot celebrations? We're that the were same. A mo- okay, great. we're the same. Cool. Our listeners are the same. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, uh, in 2019, this event was attended by the brother of the prime minister oh, and his wife and their second son, Lee Hu- Huan Wu. And Lee's husband, mm. Heng Yuri. Yay. Y- Yuri. Sorry. In 2020, they had to go virtual because of COVID. Um, but, but they... So that's the prime minister's nephew. The prime minister's nephew is gay. Married. You know what? If that's how the dotted lines work out, Great. then yeah. The pink dotted line. The pink dotted line uh-huh. to the gay Great. of the family. Excellent. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 2020, uh, all those virtual petitions by religious groups started on change.org, calling for restrictions on the event. Those didn't work. Um, and 2022, the year of current this one. Now-ish. The, the, the year, now, it's all, it's <laughs> roughly 2022. <laughs> I, historians haven't confirmed, but uh, event was back in person. Awesome. So we talked about some rough shit, some history shit, and there's some great things that not, that not only have Singapore has not only affected LGBT, this event has not only affected LGBT Singaporeans, but has grown beyond that to help support worldwide efforts to uh, support gay rights. Yeah. Um, I have this new thing that I really like. It's equaldex.com slash equality dash index. And they take every country in the world and they give it two scores. One is about the public attitudes of that place, and the other one is about the law oh, and, and how, how, how permissive it is. Yeah. Singapore, out of 198 countries, comes in at 143. On which? On both combined? or the, That's their, their comp combined score. Oh, yeah. So boy. On, on their, their, their legal score was a 32, and their public opinion score was a 34. Wait. So now... 
wait, 32 out of a thousand whatever countries? No. Oh. Uh, uh, so they rated on a scale of 1 to 100. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. They were ranked very low out of the total number of countries, and their score out of 100 on both were like 30-something. Correct. Got it. Okay, yeah. got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Now, uh, if if this penal code change actually sticks, then I'm certain that their their legal number will get better, and yeah. they'll, they'll hop up this list. But um, until then... Singapore, get your shit together. That is a good. I, I that's a useful like comparison of you know it's hard to gauge and and know what's typical, especially when you're looking at a d- different country and we don't know all the history and context. So like yeah. you know it's not ranked very well yeah. in the overall list of countries. The United States is number seventeen. Wow. Yeah. We did we did good. Yeah. Well, I mean, ish. Number one is Iceland. Oh, Iceland. Followed by Canada. Um. Okay, that's Singapore. That's Singapore. We yeah. did. We said yeah. so many Singapore things. We said a lot of Singaporean things. <laughs> um, should we? Should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. I can tell you what a Singapore sling is. <gasps> is that a real thing? Yes. Okay. Let's take a break. Break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. You ready? I'm ready. So are we back? We're back. We're back. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. But first, I told you it was coming. It's time for the local gay bar review. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've been traveling a fuck ton for work and a little bit for personal. And I said that I would go to at least one gay bar in all of these places and do a quick review about it. So this time, uh, it's from a few weeks ago, but I'm going to talk about Zoom Schweik, which is a gay bar in Frankfurt, Germany that I went to. Uh, you go in and it's a vaguely nautical theme. There's like there's fish on the wall. There's videos of fish tanks on TV screens oh. and nets overhead with disco ball bait. It's like so you feel like you're underwater is disco the idea. Ball oh. Yeah, like yeah. And, and um, it was a Tuesday night, which is a weird night to go out, no matter what country you're in. But there was a fuck ton of people crammed into this little ass bar, and they were all singing. They were singing together to like whatever was on the radio. One time they were singing a different song. Like there's like fuck your music DJ. We're gonna sing what we want to sing. Wow. It was, was it any American music? Like any music you recognize? Uh, almost all of it was American oh. music. Um, but uh, uh, not so much with the with the singing stuff. But I really, 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 really liked this place, and it would be a four and a half dildo bar. But okay, everywhere I went in Germany that was a gay bar, smoking. Smoking was allowed indoors. It was like just so smoky. It was fucking horrible. Mm. And um, I, I think, I think, regardless of how much I love a bar, smoking is gonna. That's a two dildo deduction. So wow. I, I, I'm giving, I'm giving Zoom Schweik a two, two and a half dildos. Wow. Rough uh, referees given a rough <laughs> rough penalties on that one, but understandable, you know. Yep, yep. Uh, the bartender was amazing too. He like had this whole thing of like yelling at the customers, but you could like for a while because it was all in German. I was like, oh, he's real mad about something. And oh. then like when the third person came up and started yelling back at him, uh, I, I, it was this this girl from uh, Portugal that was involved. I was like, is this just his shtick? Like, is like because she spoke really good English, and she was like. 
I don't know, but it just seems like yelling is the thing to do. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't just German language sounds right, yelling. Yeah, no, no. It was it was distinctly different than that. No, okay. he was he was just doing the surly bartender thing, okay. and um, apparently, if you understood everything that he was saying, it was very funny. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> How would you know, though? <laughs> right. Yep. Um, okay. Our website is gay. Wait, are we going to do uh, some announcements before we do this? We could do that whenever. Okay. okay. Yeah. The, um, our three hundred is coming up 300th episode we're gonna dress like greek people that are all ripply and muscle oh god i absolutely am not but you should get (laughs) people to um we're gonna do a live stream of the episode we're gonna live stream our 300th episode we haven't done a live stream in a while it's i kind of forget that all during covid we did monthly live streams like That was fun for a while, wasn't that was a, it? That was a fun community time, too. Yeah. yeah, we got to know people, I think, a little bit better than, yeah. than we do now. I mean, we have other ways of getting to know them, like Discord and Spaces and, Patreon. and, and stuff. But, yeah. Um, yeah, our live stream for our 300th episode is going to be Sunday, September the 18th, 2022, at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Um, there will be an event on Facebook, so you can look for that. And uh, uh, we're we're excited to to to, to do it. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's been a while. I'm I'm very excited to like we every fiftieth uh, episode we do a Q and A. Yeah. So those those are always fun. We get to hang out. We get to chat with y'all. Y'all can hang out with each other in the chat room. Is always good. So I'm yeah yeah excited about this. One. It's it's going to be great. So uh, a couple of things we want you to do because it is a multiple of fifty. We're doing a Q and A Q&A session, but this time we're going to do it a little bit different. Uh, we want you to send in questions and kind of try to fool us. Like, don't be dicks about it, but kind of try to fool us. Because before we answer a question, Kyle and I are going to try to guess as a contest with each other. Is this from y'all? Because uh, did a listener submit this? Or is it from my mom? Or did Derek find it on the internet, like on Reddit or something? <laughs> yep. So uh, we want you to try to try to fool us and, and ask questions that sound like randos on Reddit or, or my mother. I mean, you can do whatever you want with that. But just know we will be guessing whether it's listener, ma, or internet question. Yep. To get us those questions, please. And you're going to fuck this up, but it's fine. Please try to send these to Gayish Podcast, the plus symbol, 300 at gmail.com. That's Gayish Podcast plus 300 at uh, gmail.com and uh, we've got a rule set up so that Kyle and I don't see those emails only Derek does another thing that we are doing we're going to have per usual every 50 we do announcements and updates and things but one of the things we're going to do is a competition uh, for designing new merch for us so uh, if you would like to design something that may end up on a shirt mug butt plug sponsored by happy hill toys that's not true um but uh you can submit a design by uh september 11th that will give us a week to decide and then on the uh 300th we will announce the winner of that so uh submit your design some of the specs for those that love it is max file size of 200 megabytes please send in a png file type um these are things that i don't totally understand but you probably will the dpi should be at least 150 um but no higher than 300 that does not add any quality or anything to it so no need to go to more than that colors should use the s rgb color profile and the max size of the print area for a t-shirt which is most um most common thing we would use it for is 12 inches by 16 inches so send in your designs by september 11th we'll pick our fave and then it'll be available and on our site for people to buy yeah and uh if if we pick yours to go on our site we'll make sure that you get some free merch that has your your design on it yeah we'll get and yeah we'll give you nice things and 
maybe etc include you if you're like a designer include your website and then the winner we can like say your website i guess free advertising yeah yeah free merch free advertising It'll yeah be great. yeah so 300 coming up mark your calendars yep gayish podcast plus 300 at gmail.com our website is gayishpodcast.com we are at gayish podcast on instagram youtube facebook twitter spaces discord that that's not totally true but you know you can find us our hotline you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails is 5855gayish that's 585-542-9474 standard rate supply our email particularly if you want to send us this is gayishpodcast plus sign 300 at gmail.com and our physical mailing address is post office box 19882 seattle washington 98109 um it's gay the straightest time kyle are yeah, you ready for this i'm ready you want to go first or second i'll go great okay my gayest is i uh was decided i'm gonna do more updates and decoration in my place yeah so i potentially was in a little bit of a state of hypomania yeah look it up i'm not your therapist um yeah but i bought a bunch of shit yeah that's my gayest my straightest is it all came and it's just sitting in boxes <laughs> yeah. around. I was like, maybe that, maybe that's kind of gay. I was like, oh, don't do stuff. But like, I think I would think gays would be very excited to add and decorate to their place. And I'm like, eh. you might be the person whose new coffee table is a big box that has an unassembled coffee table. Hundred <laughs> percent. What about you? Uh, let's see. So the, the 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 straightest thing about me this week, I went to Dallas for the, uh, this this weekend for a fraternity conference, and I managed to do an entire weekend with just a backpack. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I just bare minimal bear. bear. Yeah, <laughs> I bear ba- I bear backpack. You love that. <laughs> um, and I I just think that like you know minimalist packing is kind of a straight bro thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Uh, the gayest thing about me this week is my glee at discovering that JR's is, which is a bar that will be the focus of a future local Ooh. gay bar review down the line. They have truly on tap. What? I was so excited. Like no more cans of shame making me look like a twink. <laughs> I got to like, it looked like I had a big boy uh, glass. And, and, but doesn't uh, it still come out clear? Yeah, it still it's comes like, out clear. Okay. But, but you know, but it's, that's, be- that's better than hauling around a can with the little straw pushed through yeah. the, the tab, the, the, the opener. You put a straw in the thing? No, that's but gay. the bartenders okay. in Dallas did it automatically oh. without being asked. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't need this straw. You're killing the environment, you assholes. Anyway. Um, Cute. Uh, also, but wh- why? in dallas i got to hang out with uh dallas check off of our uh our discord server and and joe in dallas who is one of our uh, uh you know very successful porn curators so uh, <laughs> that we, we've met before from pride 48 yeah. it was really great to see some familiar friends but at the bar last night i got recognized mm-hmm. I, while i was waiting for my truly on tap to be poured for me and and dallas check and joe and dallas were at the other end of the bar this guy comes up to me and he's like Wait, are you Dan? I said, what do you mean am I Dan? <laughs> no, I'm not Dan. He said, but there's like, like, like da- there's a, a podcaster named Dan, right? That like does this show on sex stuff. I was like, no, well, you're thinking of Dan Savage. I'm not Dan Savage. And he goes, no. <laughs> are you Mike or Kyle? <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Okay. So Andrew was a lot to handle. He insisted that I take a shot with him, which is fine, except it was not a keto shot. It was, mm-hmm. it was like... It was called a Fuckleberry, which <laughs> is, I guess, a Dallas delicacy. And uh, he had his ex-husband, who is also a listener, was the bartender that made these Fuckleberries for us. Um, and it was just, it was, it was, a, it was a lot. It was a lot. But I ended up accidentally 
than meeting with four listeners last night at this random ass gay bar in Dallas. And he thought you were Dan. I, I, I don't know. I don't Dan, know. Dan got recognized <laughs> before any of us. That was your go to. Is Dan? I, I I don't know. Andrew, wow. explain yourself. Andrew. <laughs> That's that's hilarious and yeah. wild. Yeah, he was a lot to handle and and got like some friends sort of. But he was a listener, so he was great. He yeah. was just the right amount to handle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really appreciated it. Like, I, I'm I will always be chill. Like, so wow. feel free to say hey. All right, promises by Mike. Yeah. Anyway, uh, a listener's gay frustrated. So this one comes to us from email. It was sent to us a, a, a while ago. Um, I will it comes, always be chill. Comes, I'm Mike. I'm the chillest. I, I will always be chill. I'm the nicest person I know, Kyle. Um, <laughs> he says, uh, uh, just call me Dave. So this one's from Dave. Hey, Mike and Kyle. My straightest for last week was after a solid minute of me and my whole family all trying to recall what beef our local grocery store sold. I was the only one who could remember the brand name. <laughs> my gayest is that, unfortunately, my first guest was Bishop Angus, and I didn't realize until after the words had left my mouth that I had just shouted out the name of a gay porn actor <laughs> in my grandmother's house. <laughs> Bishop Angus? Yeah. He better have a huge dick. Yeah. Like, if you're, if you're like, named a meat name, like... Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Beef. It's what's for dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that is it. Please, uh, again, uh, get your Q&As in for uh, the, the live stream that's coming up. That's Gayish Podcast plus 300 at gmail.com. And, uh, and uh, give us a review. Get us over that thousand point tipping point. Uh, tell your friends to review, even if they don't listen. We don't really care. We just want their sweet, sweet reviews. Yep. And... Thank you to our super cat bridgers, Josh Crowley, Stephen Portio, Stosel, Harry Stodd, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montanez, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, Anonymous, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Tips and McStumbles, Donald Linsky, Thomas B. Dusty Sands, A. Coleman, Chris Castorian, and Jerome York. Thank That's, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Catchatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be much, be fabulous, be you. See you. See you in India. <laughs>